open your mind, change your reality. This is the Geek Confidential Podcast. strange that is craig i was traveling the weekend that this came out and things have been going on but i have been looking forward to discussing with you the latest installment of marvel's universe doctor strange what is your first quick opinion on it i loved it grew up with doctor strange had some of the first comic books i am an absolute strange fanatic really strange fanatic and i totally got into this film i wasn't taken out even a moment through the whole thing it just was dynamic for me it is one of those that i think it may be top three maybe top two you know this well i don't know how much the listeners know this but i tend to prefer magic and fantasy over sci-fi and so for me this is like the culmination of being able to see really cool magic being done in a comic universe. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. It, the reason why I can't really put it at number one is if I have to put it up against say Iron Man or Captain America, civil war, civil war was so fantastic just because of the pure number of people that they added to it. And the team Iron Man versus team Captain America that, that is a fantastic film. And the first Iron Man that really kicked it off is one of my favorites. Now, some people have said there's not a lot of difference between Tony Stark and uh, Doctor Strange. See the resemblances. But for me, I thought this was a, a great way to put a new twist on the universe. What did you think of Benedict Cumberbatch? Look, I was blown away by Benedict Cumberbatch. I... I, it was amazing. I was really, really worried because he's not, I, I always thought of, of Dr. Strange as being this really good looking guy, like, like, uh, like Tony Stark is in, in, uh, in Iron Man, really good looking guy. Um, but Benedict Cumberbatch just didn't have the look for me, but Craig, they did you it. better, you better make sure you do not tell anybody about your Twitter handle at the end of this podcast. Because if you do not think Benedict Cumberpatch is handsome, you are going to have the internet come for you. I understand that, but I didn't, and I didn't think he fit the Doctor Strange thing. I mean, I thought, I always thought Doctor Strange would be that really, you know, but they, they with the makeup, with the, with the uh, beard mustache and coming into the Van Dyke or whatever you want to call it, um, I, I think I think they played it up well. I mean, I'm sure there are people that really think he's great looking, but not not Doctor Strange, gorgeous guy looking thing. So maybe he is gorgeous. I don't know. I'm not into guys being gorgeous kind of thing, but but it worked. It worked perfectly. The way they did it with the big beard and mustache coming down to the Van Dyke, I think worked just great. But Doctor Doctor Strange, unlike what you kind of said, Doctor Strange is not the same character as Tony Stark at all, except for the good looking part. He, well, they're, both, they're is, both at the top of their field. They both have giant egos. 
I mean, there are some similarities. Well, there's there's a similarity. Don't, Tony Stark is is a a born genius, but he doesn't give a damn about much of anything. Certainly not at the beginning of the series. Doesn't give much of a damn about anything. He's a goof. He's a joker. He's a uh, not that Doctor Strange doesn't become that, but at the beginning of the movie, he is he's driven. His career is everything. You can never say that about Tony Stark. His he he's Tony uh, Tony Stark is a playboy. Doctor Strange never in the comic book series or in the movie is a playboy. He's very committed to to pretty much one woman, or at least in monogamous relationships. Uh, very committed. Women don't matter to him. Sex doesn't really matter to him. He is really into his, his career, his job, and making himself look really good, making himself the most famous doctor on the planet. And so, but Cumberbatch is such a good actor that he pulls it all off. He he, he slides into the role, starts making a couple puns and and, and jokes, and, and gives you this real comic book originalist feel. I mean, it feels like the original... Uh, Doctor Strange, and I'm telling you, he sold he sold me on it, and he loosened up. Usually, he seems like he's really tight and and kind of constricted in his roles. Not here, he he really loosened up, which I kind of worried about. Um, so loved it, absolutely loved him as Doctor Strange. Um, he sold me on the entire character. I mean, this guy came to life. He's he's not, in my opinion, not quite um, the 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 uh, um, Hemsworth, Chris Hemsworth, Thor, which is perfect fit, but he's so darn close to that 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 I loved him as Doctor Strange. You've always um, said that Hemsworth was the perfect personification of a Marvel character. Yes, he is absolutely perfect in every way. Everything he does, he's like, and there is a gorgeous guy. Everybody, I don't think anybody would argue that that's a gorgeous guy, and he's Thor perfect. I mean, every bit of his body, his sense he's of humor, thorfect. his looks. He's Thorfic, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but but anyway, Cumberbatch is such a good actor that he he got it right. In, I mean, no, he didn't miss a step in the whole in the whole film, and the way he does his magic looks totally real. So he really looks like he's into it, like he's really trying, and then eventually doing it. So yeah, I think he I think he's terrific. I agree with you. I've been a fan of Benedict. I liked him. I well, I love him in Sherlock. Absolutely love him in Sherlock. I thought he was okay in Star Trek. He definitely delivered what they asked of him, so I definitely blame some of the... He, he provided nuance to a character that was written without much nuance. So I was curious. I thought when they originally cast him, I thought, okay, this is going to be good. I can totally see him in the role. And for me, he delivered from this, like, highly into there were like there were glimpses of sherlock in sort of the way he was as a doctor there was the humor that you can see him sometimes do in various web clips or things that you'll see him in and i thought that and the, the same god complex that, yes that sherlock had he's got a god complex in this film which is absolutely perfect because he basically basically becomes almost a human god it really works for him. I thought that, and we'll get to this, but I thought the way that he did the humor with the cloak of oh, levitation, yeah. that was really fantastic. I thought that they did that really well, but I, you got to see so many different sides of him. And 
even though he'd been in Star Trek, I didn't I've never really thought of him as like an action star per se. But he really did well. Oh, and for those of you the cloak, think Aladdin and the, the rug. That's that's the cloak how of levitation. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> you felt the cloak has its own personality and you can tell this. <laughs> it doesn't speak, but it does have kind of a personality, which really kind of adds to the character, I think. I, I loved when, and I guess we could just discuss it now, when he goes and captures the bad guy um, in the New York Sanctum and is basically throwing him around. The, clo- the yes. cloak having its own personality and providing that humor was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> and then when he was like, the when the cloak's trying to sort of wipe his eye, that was... Oh, yeah. Very, very good. Very good, yes. But I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, I mean, I enjoyed him in the role. Yep. So what do you think of Chiwetel Ejiofor as Mordo? I think I'm glad you said that and not me. Because there, <laughs> because with my problems with pronouncing names, there would have been no way I could have done it. I thought Mordo was a good character. Um, they didn't quite write it the same way as, as, as is in the comics. But I think that what they did for the character in terms of this story and in this universe, I think they did it really well. I like to see um, his evolution as someone who was a, a person who believed in the ancient one and believed in the magic that he was practicing. And then over time we got to see his evolution. Um, He almost had as strong of a like evolutionary character arc as uh, Doctor Strange, which I was sort of surprised. Sometimes you don't get that for supporting characters, and I thought it was really good. What'd you think of him? Well, he's he's such a good actor anyway. I mean, these two together on the screen and in any film, I think would be terrific because they're both just really incredible actors. And at, at first I thought, it, you know, seeing in the trailer, I thought eh, maybe he's going to be one-dimensional. And then they showed him making a joke, making the the, the joke. It's even in the trailer, so I'm not spoiling anything. Uh, but he says, uh, he, he gives him, he gives, uh, Mordo gives Doctor Strange the this little note. And I forget what the words were. Um, not Shambhala, but anyway, gives him the, the little note. And, and he says, is, is, this, is this my uh, mantra? And uh, Mordo says, no, it's the pass. It's your internet password. It's your Wi-Fi password. Wi-Fi password. And, and of course, everybody in the theater, even the trailers, breaks up because it's, it's so funny. We're not, we're not savages. And, and so you see that little sense of humor that, that uh, Mordo has as well. So all of a sudden I'm thinking, well, maybe there's more to this character than I thought. And, of course, you see that during the, during the film. He's a little bit. He's a little bit one of those rules kind of guys, but every once in a while he kind of he breaks it up a bit. So yeah, he's he's just terrific. I mean, loved him in Serenity, love him again in this one. And I can't wait to see how how he does in the next one. I don't want to spoil anything, but but there's a moment in the film at the end and the end of the end uh, where you get kind of listen, a sense of what's coming. Uh, we spoil everything on this podcast. That oh, okay. Is, that, well, that, that is that is just a given. So f- feel free to touch on it. Okay, well, Mordo may just become a bad guy. It's or not a, maybe. He is uh, going to be. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, maybe we'll, bad We'll in... save the specifics of what how that happens oh, or good. how that's okay. displayed. But, yeah, at the end of the movie, there is no question he's going to be a bad guy in future films. He's going to be the spoiler, so to speak, I think. So 
yeah, that's probably going to not probably. Okay. It's going to happen. It's obvious it's going to happen. So, okay. Gotcha. And Buy he it. does that in part because he learns that the ancient one has been yes. tapping on the dark power. He dipped in, she dipped into the dark swimming pool, so to speak. Yeah. He, he becomes disenchanted. Now, before the film premiered, there was a little bit of controversy because um, Tilda Swinton was portraying the Ancient One, and that originally in the comics was an Asian character. Uh, the problem was, if you're going to try and sell the movie in, in China, you can't have Tibetan monks play a prominent role. Now, in the movie, they specifically said that the Ancient One was from Ireland and that this is a someone who can be basically from from any race it doesn't have to be eastern mysticism which is what some what was implied with the original telling of the character i know you are a big fan of tilda swinton for me tilda uh tilda swinton is a fantastic actress but i always feel like she's just playing slight variations of the same character like not necessarily okay not the same character but the same style of acting. There wasn't a big degree of separation between what she played here as the Ancient One and playing the, the evil queen in Narnia. What did you think of her in the role? Well, you know you know what I'm going to say about her in the role. She is amazing. She is, she is as close to a perfect androgynous character as you'll ever find, in my not-so-humble opinion. I mean... My favorite role of hers is constant is in Constantine when she when she plays the angel. She was she just blew me away. And ever since then, she's been in so many great movies and son, done such a great job. And she's just a terrific actress. I think maybe she's a little bit as going by what Luke said, she's a little bit typecast because of her appearance, because of the her ability to really sell that role. And of course, that's Gabriel in Constantine, by the way. Gabriel, I've always thought as being a male, but she didn't take me out of the film at all because she's so good as the angel Gabriel being androgynous. And uh, I also, I liked her in the, the Lion, Witch, and Wardrobe series. I liked yeah. her a lot. I mean, she was as, she was a good white witch, but she just was very solemn. One-dimensional? And I mean, it was one-dimensional. I mean, and in a movie that, in a movie that spans so many dimensions like Doctor Strange... I just find that it's always she like in these type of movies, at least maybe it's just her in the big budget ones. They put it, they, like you say, they typecast her. I just find that there's not a lot of variation. The costume changes, but the variation in her portrayal doesn't understand. Well, if you see her in Michael Clayton and a few of these other really good movies, you'll, you'll see a, a, a much difference, but, but she's asked to do the same thing because she does it so well. I mean, it's like, it's like, um, oh, Arnold. I want, he's in he's in so many movers. Arnold Schwarzenegger doing the same thing because he does it so well. Same thing with Rock. Um, but can you imagine Stallone. if she'd been Gadriel in Lord of the Rings? I can it imagine would, it would not have worked. She would have been a completely different character. I didn't I didn't like the Galadriel in Lord of the Rings. So I just I didn't I didn't figure. I, I didn't like that Galadriel. Didn't seem like the Galadriel I'd read in Thor, Lord of the Rings, but of course she's. Uh, I think Tilda Swinton probably could have sold it from everything I've uh, I've seen. I think maybe <coughs> Tilda Swinton could have sold it, though. Once again, she is and looks 
kind of androgynous. Well, she could and definitely so, play an elf. I mean, I'll give her that. She could absolutely. definitely play an elf. Yeah, she's definitely got the elf look down, uh, and she's a good good enough actress that who knows? I mean, when I saw her in, there's some movies I've seen her in. One she she does play very female, but but um, I I don't know. I'd have to see her in Galadriel, and maybe she'll get a chance someday to do Galadriel in one of the the early uh, J.R.R. Tolkien works. But uh, but yes, I can totally understand why why you'd be concerned about that. But she's just so good, and she's so good in this movie that I never took, I was never out of the moment through the entire film. She played it so well. I always thought of her as being the ancient one. She never got out of character, even for a split second. And to do that, when you've got such a challenging character, to always be in character. There's a scene where she, she slams Dr. Strange in the chest. The ancient one slams him in the chest. And it looks so real. And I mean, certainly it was special effects. The CGI in this lo- film was amazing. Oh, it was. But she slams him in the chest and Dr. Strange goes flying out the other end. Not not even for a moment did I lose the train of this of this film. And everything that she did, all the magical things she did, all the, the sorceress things she did, the, the twisting of the arms. And uh, it just, it was like she was made for that role. And so... She was so good in it that, again, I think if you see her, that's why this film's got such huge, huge ratings, because everything just fits together like like a puzzle. I mean, a real complex uh, puzzle. And so, yeah, I'm I'm obviously sold on her. Um, I'm probably her biggest fan, but uh, she she's just terrific in, in the role. So anyway. Again, I don't know how she did as Galadriel, but I do know she did a great job as the ancient one. And I didn't even think about the controversy. I thought about the fact that the original guy in the in the original comic books was Asian, but I didn't think about because she's so good as as an ancient one. Period. Well, Doctor Strange, basically, well, if you count Mordo, we end up with three villains by the end of the movie <laughs> in Doctor Strange. But we had Mads Mikkelsen who played um, Cassilius. We have uh, Dormammu, who was the big galactic-like world-eating villain. And then we had uh, Mordo. For me, uh, Cassilius, uh, Mickelson, the actor who plays Cassilius, I've seen him as a villain in so many things, from James Bond to to Hannibal on television. He's great at playing an evil villain. But sometimes I feel like he's almost typecast as a villain— I I enjoyed his fight sequences with uh, Doctor Strange, but what did you think of him? Mads Mikkelsen, I think he's I think he's terrific. I I like him as a villain. I like him. Uh, he looks so much like a villain. <laughs> I mean, if you just look at his picture anywhere, he looks like he ought to be a villain. And so just like he, well, he looks like he doesn't this. ever get enough sleep is what he looks like. Well, that too, that too, which of course helps helps in villainy. He's always got. I always see him with a little. I don't know, not 12 o'clock shadow, kind of a, or five o'clock shadow, kind of an eight, eight fifteen shadow. I mean, he always, always has that vin, uh, villain look. I think he's, I think he's really a good villain and, and he's a good villain in this. My only problem, and this is the only moment that I actually got thrown out of the film a little bit is the weird eyes thing. I don't mind it once in a while, but that but wasn't just him. That wasn't specific the, to him. I understand. I'm talking about the character Cassilius now. Mm-hmm. I think Mads Mikkelsen did a great job, and I think he was a terrific villain. I think he always is terrific, even with the the teary eyed uh, 
blood thing in in uh, in the uh, James Bond series. This guy's just really terrific, right? But the special effects, the CGI, when they give him that weird eye makeup-looking thing, it looks like weird eye makeup kind of all around his eye. It's got this kind of spider and, web of evil. And, and I appreciate that. I guess my only point would be is that too much. it wasn't just him. It was all the oh. acolytes who ended up with it. Right, so it wasn't yes. specific to him. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, no, it wasn't specifically him, but it just, it it came too much and too soon for him. I mean, he could look normal and then a little bit see that when he get when he get, really gets angry or something, but it just was too much and it took me a little out of the film and I didn't like that. I don't like being taken out of the, out of the moment or out of the film. And that did, and that's why I dropped it down, a, dropped it down a half a point is some of those little things that shouldn't, didn't need to be there. Uh, in in such quantity, but anyway, the, I think he was terrific. His character was terrific. He was terrific, and um, you know what happens to him in the film. I don't know whether we're going to see him again, but as I always tell Luke and everyone else, you just never know. People can always come back in a comic book film. They though, always... though his ending did make it look like he had been uh, his 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 human Ex form had been decomposed, shall we say? Yeah, his existence is is. Dubious. Yes. <laughs> At best. Okay, yes, but I, I, again, like the character. What do you think of Wong? I think he... other. I think that other than... Um, other than the cloak providing the comedic moments, him listening to Beyonce was the, like the single best comedic moment in the film other than the cloak. And so I, I love that not only did he play dry humor, but I love that he was also badass. I, I, I am a sucker for that type of a character, a character that will be like this straight laced, no smiling character. And then all of a sudden you'll cut to a scene and he's listening to Beyonce. There is no better way to make me fall in love with a character than to do something like that. And it was perfect. Absolutely like you perfect. Life. Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> I like to see myself in film. And I would be wrong, apparently. What did you yes. think? Well, if you're going to be wrong, it's better to not be right, I guess, or something. <laughs> I never said wrong. I said wrong. <laughs> I know. Yes, Luke, I got that. Uh-huh. Just for clarification <laughs> purposes, though. If, if if Benedict is wrong, I wouldn't want to be right. How about that? Does that sound there better? There you go. <laughs> yeah, he's... He's really good in the role. He doesn't, again, he doesn't have much to do. No, but, but what he does, he d it's good. It's really terrific. Yeah, when he smiles, you know something's up, right? But he doesn't smile much, so you get you get to wait for that those little moments. So, yeah, he's. I can't wait to see him again in future films. Oops, that's a spoiler. He comes back. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's really terrific in the role. I think it was a great pick as a, as a, a foil to to uh, strange and as a as a, a soon to be dynamic character hopefully but yeah he, he did a great job one of the things that i found interesting because when you take and try and like put iron man and and doctor strange side by side is that in the iron man movie pepper potts at least in the first one had a much larger role than rachel mcadams did as christine uh, palmer and she like when I think about the impact that they have, Pepper Potts had a bigger impact. But Rachel McAdams got hardly any screen time. Yes, there were very important moments in it, but I'm like, why didn't we get to see more of her? She's the, I mean, other than Tilda Swinton, there's pretty much only two women in the movie 
for a, a main characters, I would have expected more. What did you think of her in the role, and do you think they should have given her more airtime? Remember, Tilda Swinton's not even really playing a, a woman. She's playing this this super powerful being kind of thing. So the ba the only woman really in the film was Rachel McAdams. So yeah, I think they could have given her more screen time, but I don't know why you would. It was it was like a perfect a perfect example of what Doctor Strange is going through. His entire life is going to be magic, defending the earth, and being this this sometimes funny, sometimes serious character. So to give him a real love love interest, I think would have been too much. But Rachel McAdams is so amazing and so captivating that the few seconds you see her in this film, it's just wonderful watching her. I mean, I love watching her in pretty much anything. I don't care, even, even, I mean, she's a good actress, even if she couldn't act, she's just, she's got this great look and this great feel. She has and presence. Great, presence, yes, she has screen presence. She has that X factor that, that the bad Simon Cowell used to talk about. She's got screen presence, she's got X factor, and she's got, the, you know, the dimples going on. I mean, she's really, she's really the, the cheerleader in the, in the, uh, in the uh, meatloaf. I don't whatever that means. The cheerleader in the meatloaf. <laughs> I don't even want to deconstruct that sentence. And coming from me who has a tendency to construct some very weird sentences, that's saying something. Uh, so I think, I think I, you know, other people have said that I didn't have any problem with her having a little bit of time. I just love seeing her. I mean, she's just one of my, one of my favorites just to see in film. So I'd go to see a film just to see her, even though I wasn't really interested in the film. That's how much I really, I really like her. So, uh, and she's a lot of fun. She just is a lot of fun. And she is in this film and she does add a bit of backstory. And that's something so sadly missing in, uh, in the DC films. She adds backstory, a tiny bit of backstory and, and human, human, um, uh, humanizes, hum, humanizes, uh, Dr. Strange. Humanizes well, his character. The, the other problem with the the other problem with the DC versus Marvel movies is DC decided to throw all the characters together before they introduced the solo films. Maybe if they had introduced the solo films first, they wouldn't be as critically panned. Yes. Well, or if they had a sense of humor, they wouldn't be so critically panned. That's true too. Anything you know about Stanley, he's always had a sense of humor. Let's talk a little bit about the CGI and 2D versus 3D. Um, I unfortunately had to watch this in 3D. I do not like 3D movies. And as I was watching it, I wasn't impressed. Now, every podcast I've listened to, uh, when I've talked to you, I've talked to other people, the reviews that I've read are like, oh, the the 3D is fantastic and I'm I, like I got out of there and I'm like what on what planet is the 3D better the CGI in this film is amazing I love the depictions of magic I love how it was inception on steroids I love how the teleports opened and the spells appeared but I didn't think I needed to be paying for 3D we're going to have another podcast talking about Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. I actually found, because I unfortunately had to watch that one in 3D, because whenever it seems that I have time to go to a movie, it's at like 1030 at night, and my local theater does the 11 o'clock in 2D instead of the 1030s. So I get stuck watching these 3D movies, and Fantastic Beasts and where to find them, in my opinion, had better uh, 3D than Doctor Strange 
what did you think of the CGI and the 2D versus 3D? Well, first of all, I hate 3D. Uh, it doesn't seem to have changed at all in the last 50 years. And that, 3D came about something like 50 years ago. Uh, it doesn't seem to have changed at all. It seems uh, the only film I've ever seen that uh, that I thought 3D was necessary until this one was an adult film. And it was really kind of interesting seeing big things coming out at you from the screen, right? Big, big things. I really uh, do not want to hear about that <laughs> at but, all. But I, I've, Avatar had helped a little bit. One of the one of Avatar the, was G the biggest waste of money in 3D. Yeah, it was. But it did help a little the film a little bit. I saw it in 3D and not 3D. It helped a little bit in 3D. Um, one of the G.I. Joe films was horrible, but it was the one where they're jumping off mountains. I hate the G.I. Joe films, so I'm not even going to try and attempt the name. Uh, but them jumping off mountains was really cool in 3D. That, those are the only two times I've seen anything in 3D that I thought had any value whatsoever. Until, until this, this film. Of this course. film was, you can't, you have to see it. One of the times you see it, you have to see it in 3D because the spells leap out at you when when all of a sudden these big curlicues and and runes and everything else are spreading apart into this massive spell it's like oh my god or when they're running they're actually running through portals i mean i'm sure that this is going to be in games immediately like when they're running through these portals it looks like they're running through portals i can just see this in a dinosaur movie where the dinosaur they run through the run through a portal and the dinosaur's jaws just snap through the portal. I mean, I can, in my own mind's eye, I can just see all the things they can do with this leap forward in incredible 3D. And I have yet to find, I don't like it. My brother doesn't like 3D. All of my friends don't like 3D. This movie, everyone except for me, the, the left behind, Luke, uh, hates it. And uh, I mean, everyone else loves it in 3D except for Luke. I mean, I've never heard it. I've never heard such a constant acclaim for anything. This is this is a movie you have to see in 3D. It's so good, so amazing, and so well done. I mean, this movie, it doesn't lose any of the character. It doesn't lose any of the characters. It doesn't lose any of this plot story. It doesn't depend on 3D. It uses 3D to enhance everything, and that's why it's so good, because it's not a 3D movie. It's a great movie that was added where 3D was added in to make it better. Okay, so we've actually spoiled very little of the plot, I th though I think if you've watched any of the Marvel Universe um, origin stories from Iron Man to Captain America to Thor, it sort of follows a similar pattern. Where do you rank this amongst the Marvel Universe films? Well, speaking of just, just the Marvel films only, my favorite by far is Winter Soldier. I okay. thought Winter Soldier was extremely well done. Very rich characterizations, very moving, very emotional. I'd put, I would put uh, Doctor Strange probably as number two. Then it gets down to the Avengers, uh, the original Thor movie, and uh, actually, I'd probably say, I'd probably say um, Civil War after that, and then who knows, okay. Ant Man. So that's that's my list of just So it would the come Marvel. in at number 2 for you. Yes. I would put it I would put Captain America Civil War at number 1. Iron Man at number 2 and this at number 3. Um if I could do a tie at number 2, I'd do Iron Man and Doctor Strange at number 2 just because there are similarities and it would save me a spot on a top 10 list. <laughs> 
what would be your four and five though? Just kind of to rank relative. Um, the first Avengers would probably be on there, and I'm trying to think which Thor. We've how many Thors have we had? We've had two, right? Yep. There would be a Thor movie in there, but I would have to go back and double check the titles. It's because... Dark World and just the original. Yeah, I think the second I think I thought the second one was better than the first one, but I I must admit it's been a while since I've watched those. So I I know a Thor movie would be in a top five. I just would have to double check. Well, I know you like Dark Elves, so you might just pick Thor the Dark World because you like Dark Elves a lot. I, I and I think that that was the one that I liked better, but I would have to double check because I also know that. I thought there were some things in that that were a little bit stupid, like the trash all all ending up on another planet type thing. Yeah. So yeah, that was, that I was a little dumb. <laughs> I would have to I, I would literally have to go back and watch both of those and then decide which of those would come in at number five. Okay. Well, that's good. That gives a good scope to the top three though, so we know where you, where you stand. Now, if like I said, if I could combine them at number two with Iron Man, then we would start having to talk about say Ant Man. Captain America, other than Civil War, is never going to end up on my uh, in a top five at all for me, just because I'm not a big fan of it. I will but, say, though, that Alfred Molina in Spider-Man 2 is one of the best characters. Doc, uh, Doc Octopus. Doctor though technically Octopus. he's not in the Marvel universe. No, he's not, but he's still a Marvel film. Basically, He's a that Sony is... film that has Marvel branding. Yes, understood. But he's not in the <laughs> Marvel universe which is what I was asking about. What would you rate this out of five? I'm going to give it a four and a half out of five. I love this film. It's one of my favorite comic book films ever. It's on my top five list now, including not just the the Marvel Universe, but all of the Marvel-based comic movies. So I just loved it. I agree with you. I'm going to put it at a four and a half out of five. It was nearly perfect in every way. The only thing that I really can complain about it is the fact that Rachel Adams didn't get very much screen time, but it was it was nearly flawless. And maybe I should be giving it a five because normally I'm more generous than you are. But I'm I feel very comfortable giving it a four and a half out of five. Um, At some point, we may have to do a, a top five episode of ranking the the Marvel movies. And then I'll come up with my final determination. I may have to go back and rewatch Iron Man, Captain America, Civil War, and Doctor Strange before we do that, though, because <laughs> it's going to be very difficult. And then I also have to decide on what um, Thor is going to be rounding out my top five. I guess there's really no point in recording a podcast that I've already revealed my top five. So maybe it'd have to be a top <laughs> ten. I don't know, but that's still not much of a revelation. I suppose if they don't listen to this episode, it wouldn't matter. That's absolutely true. And one, who knows, once you've watched them, you'll reorder it or maybe move one down a little further. And, by the way, I want to make a final point that uh, not only did Rachel Adams not get much playtime in the movie, neither did Rachel McAdams. I said Rachel Adams, didn't I? You did indeed. <laughs> Damn it. Why do I always do that? You do that a lot, but that's okay. <sighs> And I work so hard to not do it, and still sometimes they slip through. I know. I okay. Call, I call Lawrence Fishburne Samuel L. Jackson once in a while. Uh, find us on Twitter, twitter.com slash gkconfidential. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash gkconfidential. 
Craig, for all those people who are going to be upset with you about saying that Benedict Cumberpatch isn't handsome, where can they find you on Twitter? <laughs> at Luke.com. No. No. <laughs> Leave Z me out of it. At ZMovieManiac. And as always, you can find me at Luke underscore Kerr. We thank you for listening. Until next time, so long.